We know that we can't do this thing without you, this thing that we call life. Even this relationship that we have with you, we can't do it on our own. It makes no sense to call ourselves a Christian and then not invite you into that relationship. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we need you. We just need you. And so this morning, Lord, as we step into this this Christmas Family Sunday and looking at the family and honoring the family, Lord, but also looking at your glory and, and seeing how that has affected us, how that jumps into our lives, Lord, and, and it creates this movement. It creates traction. It creates, uh, yeah, just movement, Heavenly Father. It's your glory that does that. Lord, we want to experience you this morning. We want to experience your spirit. We want to experience your presence And Lord, we just don't want to miss out. And so this morning, collectively as a group, we say that we step in. We step into this morning. We step into the Christmas season. That it has nothing to do with anything else other than the fact that this baby was born and a son was given. That is it. That's what drives this whole season. And Lord, yes, it's a season that we that we honor that. But Lord, that's something that we we honor every single day. We don't need Christmas for that. But, Lord, we want to stop. We want to slow down and give you yours in this time. So we love you and we thank you and ask that you would be here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome, church. Hope everybody's doing all right. Um, Again, family Christmas Sunday. And uh, what we do on this day is do the best we can to honor the family. Um. Today is not just about the family as much as it is about this baby. <laughs> um, and we're going to be coming out of Isaiah 9, 6. So basically what we're going to do today, if I was to give you guys a little bit of a rundown, is that we're, we're getting off of Haggai. And we're just going to take some time to slow down and really look at what this season is about, what Christmas is about. And so because it's Family Christmas Sunday, what you're going to hear we're going we're gonna to bring some families up here and people who are a part of families. Now, when I say that, we got some football players that are going to jump up here and, and speak, and they're a part of CSU's football family. So it's the same thing. Um, but this season, ladies and gentlemen, is so – how do I say this? It can be taken out of its proper view so easily, so quickly. And who else is going to tell the story of Jesus Christ coming to this earth um, through the virgin birth of Mary except the church? Amen? It, it's, it's not about anything other than that. So we're going to slow down and just give God his this morning. Amen? And so what I hope that it does is it takes our minds from the things of Christmas to the person of Christmas. That we can take the religiosity out of it and put the relationship back into it. Amen. Um, so what what I love is that scripture is so it, it, it's perfect. And where we're at in scripture in Haggai is actually apropos to to what today is about. So if I was to kind of go through, we're not going to read anything in Haggai. Um, we're coming out of Isaiah 9, 6. So if you want to flip your, your word to Isaiah 9, 6. That's that's the scripture that we're going to be coming from. But if I was to kind of go back through Haggai and look at the character of God and how he's speaking to his people, he's doing two things. He's trying to change their perspective on something. He's trying to change their perspective from 
this old temple to this new temple. And he does that through the prophet Haggai speaking to his people's heart, getting them in a position where they can finally see the reality of what this new temple means. Now in Haggai verse uh, chapter 2, I think it's verse 7, this is what I preached on two weeks ago, was that the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. That word glory right there, what is that glory? We looked at that. We looked at the fact that it's not about a building, but this temple of the of the the former temple was overlaid with gold it had all this stuff on it right we we took some time to distinguish the two well, we've been talking and talking about that the former excuse me the latter glory is Jesus Christ amen the lord uses haggai to get his people to see that again he gets his people up out of thinking about things that add to the glory And he moves it to a person who is the glory. He does it again with religiosity, which is a word. I looked it up. Okay. I think it's a word. (laughs) Anything can be a word today. But anyway, taking religion out of it, taking the fact that there's these things that we do and changing it to an experience, a relationship with somebody. See. We finally now in this season, not finally, but in this season, we're going to slow down and say, look, let's look at the glory. Let's look at the person, who this person is. And in Isaiah 9, 6, is it, can we get that up on the screen there? It says, for a child will be born to us. And then there's a comma right there. I feel like we, we, we spend so much time looking at the child, which is a very, very good thing. It's not something that I think that we should move from, but there's more to it. Right after that, it says, a son will be given. Now that right there, to me, is it's the experiencing of your relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. That's the part of the Christmas story that goes beyond Christmas. Amen? A son was given to us so that you can experience this glory. So that you can have a relationship that goes beyond just the things and goes just beyond the religiosity of, hey, coming to church. I'm not saying don't come to church because I would like to preach to people and not empty seats. You know what I'm saying? But I say this all the time. It's just not about that stuff. It's about what this person causes you to do. That's the other part of it. There's movement when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That this baby came and gave us grace and saved us from what? Sin. Which the penalty of sin is death. Ladies and gentlemen, it's death. He saved you from that. But it's a continual thing. And it causes you when you step into that relationship to do something. To move. And and you see the, the effect of that relationship in a way... That is life changing. There's nothing about Sunday morning that will change your life. There's nothing about a Wednesday night Bible study that will change your life. Showing up. But the word that you're studying, that's what will change your life. When you come on a Sunday morning and you get the word and you experience the Holy Spirit and you experience Christ, that is what is going to change your life. Amen? All right. Glad I got some people in here this morning. Hallelujah. So with that being said, uh, 
there's more to this verse. There's there's more that we're going to that we're going to look at. But are you guys are you guys trucking with me this morning? Again, if we're honoring the family this morning, what I what I would like to do is here in a second I'm going to call a family up here and they're just going to kind of give a testimony of how their experience with this glory who is Jesus Christ has changed their life. And it's an example of people who are normal people, all right? There's nothing crazy special about them other than the fact that they're unique to who they are and that's special. <laughs> but there's there's something about seeing and hearing from just normal people about what God is doing in their life that not only helps me on an individual level, but I I, I help I hope that it helps you guys and encourages you guys in this season, but not only because it's the Christmas season, but beyond that, beyond uh, just one day out of the year that we choose to glorify the Lord. Amen? All right. So what I'm going to do is call the, uh, the Martin family up here. If you guys could come on up to the front. And it can be, all of you, you can bring your, your mom up too. That's great. And your wife and your son. Let's just get everybody because it is family Christmas Sunday. So we want the family to come on up. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you this headset because we want to get this recorded. And we can't if I give you another another microphone. So you can put it on if you want. But you can also just speak. got to speak right into this side. So as you guys listen, um, just listen with the mindset that here is what the Lord is doing in these people's lives experientially um, and how how the glory of the Lord has affected them and changed them and also brought you guys to us. Um, so this is Tony and his family. I'll let him introduce his family, but um, very blessed to have you here, brother. Good morning, Jesus. Jaina, my son Avery. Um, first off, uh, what happened uh, with us is probably not, um, like Alex was saying, as unique to everyone here. Um, but I'm sure the sorry all right, um, that, uh, in one way or another, has probably touched everyone in uh, one shape, form, or fashion. But with us, um, we've been in. Uh, Fort Collins for quite some time. Uh, my wife moved here in 89. Um, we moved here um, sometime after after we, or I moved here after we got married. Um, but uh, with that, the rebuilding process with ESS is also the rebuilding process that happened with us as a family. Um, to go slightly back, because I'll go on forever, but <laughs> um, what God has done um, in our lives is that we tried churches here in Fort Collins. We kind of did that whole church jump thing. Um, while that church jump thing didn't work, um, because there wasn't a change, um, and myself growing up in the church but not learning what the word truly was about and applying it to our lives, um, God took us through probably about a six- or seven-year process um, to the point where he put it on my heart to teach at home first, and that was a scary experience for me um, growing up in the church 
and not really understanding what was going on in the scriptures until the Holy Spirit clearly spoke and said, I'll show you. So as I began to teach at home, um, a lot of my family was just like, oh, this, okay, he's lost it. He's gone far. He's, he's out of it, you know, because, because I was coming from a different angle. You know, um, we were, I grew up in tradition and all of these different things and not finding God, not having that true relationship. Um, so what ended up happening was in that seven year period, and this is something I shared with, um, Alex as well as, uh, Pastor Square, uh, Pastor Rick, um, was that there was a breaking down period when the spirit spoke to me and it hurt to that point where I thought I was saved. And when God tells you you're not saved, it hurts. And when that hit me, that process started. Um, and in that entire process, the word became clear. I was able to give it at home, um, even at work at times where I know in some places that's illegal. Um, but, uh, I, I, I began to speak to people, um, and then I saw that very change happen within our lives, um, especially within our marriage. Um, when the Spirit came in, um, we treated each other different. We, we, we got in order with the Word. I treated her the way she was supposed to be treated, and vice versa. Um, we gave our sons the understanding of um, that, that in, in God's time, things happen in a perfect order. And once we begin to understand that perfect order, our lives have changed tremendously to the point where joy and peace were real. It wasn't something that was just like, are you happy? Do you feel good? Or this, that. It was a real peace. It was a real joy to the point where it, it was felt. Um, so that in itself, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that happened within our home for that time period, I mean, we had heard um, about ESIS um, many times over where you guys used to do the sunrise service at the Aggie. I mean, all of these things, you know. Um, but we had never came. But in the rebuilding process of ESS, I think this is where God has planted us. Well, I know this is where God has planted us because now we have something to offer. To the point where I hear what Pastor Johnny says when he says that the church used to be, you know, a mile long but two inches deep. We're ready to see real manifestations in Christ. We understand that there is something bigger that has to happen. We understand that lives can be changed. Um, there was something that God gave me, you know, during that time that no one comes in contact with me and they are the same. And we know that now as a family that we are not the same. Um, we speak different. We act different. Um, and it's not that we are holier than thou. It's just that we know when we step out and we say something, that is the truth. We know that God has done something in our lives. So in that, with this building process in ESS, I mean, we're here to serve and we're here to serve our king. So... That's our testimony. <laughs> you <don't>, you sure? <laughs> I don't really have anything uh, like big to say other than the fact that I'm incredibly blessed to have these two people in my life. Um, and I'm incredibly blessed to have all of you in my life. Um, I just want to say um, what I noticed really that really changed um, in my dad's life and it trickled down into us is because that's um that's the order in which God wants it to be um i i can't imagine what what my life would be without my dad um and what our heavenly father has given to my earthly father is it, it's a gift that i i can't explain and i don't think i ever will be able to explain it until we're in heaven together and God tells us what it was because I, this mind can't figure it out yet. Um, but 
um, I just wanted to express my love to this man right here. Um, and, um, all, all that I've been through, which, which is, isn't much cause I'm, I'm a kid, but, um, <laughs> I, with him along the way and with my mother along the way, it's, um, anything is possible. And with Christ, with Christ, with Christ in us, it's, it's nothing. Um, there's, there's no hurdle that we can't, we can't get over. So. Well, thank you guys. We really, really appreciate that. Yes, sir. Now, if you could, if you guys could just extend a hand out to these, this family, let's pray for them right quick. Um, so as they sit down, if you could just extend your hand to them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the Martins, Lord, and, and what you're doing with them. God, that testimony is you working in their lives to the point where they just say, you know what? Lord, take over. Take over because we can't do it. And, and you, you've moved them into the proper working, Lord. And I just pray that you would bless them in that. Continue to just pour it out. And God, they, they're the perfect example of, of just saying, we don't know what we're doing, but you do. So we're going to stop and let you take over. And Lord, you give us a snapshot of that in Ephesians. We thank you for that. So Lord, bless them. We are blessed by their presence. Uh, and God, we, we lift them up to you in Jesus name. Amen. Now see, did you guys appreciate that? Did you hear all of that? I mean, those are real live people <laughs> that deal with stuff just like we do. Now, real quick, what this, this is not something that is in our, our stuff this morning, but if you could turn over to Ephesians 5, what they just got done explaining is something that I want to show you that is in scripture. And this is the proper working of a family. You heard in that testimony that there were some things that just weren't clicking until, until Tony stepped into it as a dad, as a father, as the man of the household. Now, I'm going to take two seconds and just say, men, coming at you this morning all right it's not that we're doing anything wrong as much as it is hey step into the proper working step into leading your household not only um let me just say this step into leading your household from your knees first being a god-fearing man first and letting the rest take care of itself now ephesians 5 starting off in verse 22 this is this is something that we as pastors when we officiate weddings we come out of this scripture <laughs> but it's Ephesians 5 22 and it's and this is the proper working of the family and we're going to go down into into chapter 6 and I just want to touch on this real quick but it says wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, should submit to their husbands. And then it goes to the husband and says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. Now if you skip down. It, it, right there in verse 22. It talks about the wives. Verse 25. It talks about the husband. Now skip down to chapter 6 verse 1. What does it say? Children. Hey. Talking about the children. Obey your parents and the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. Which is the first commandment. 
with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, see, we got a picture of the, the wife. We got a picture of what the husband is supposed to do. We got a picture of what the child is supposed to do. Family Christmas Sunday, we're, we're, we're trying to honor the family. What Christ does, his glory gives us a picture of those things. The wife, especially in this day and age, when it comes to that word submission, it's a hard one. Women are like, hey, I got to be independent woman and do everything on my own. And that's just like, that's what society says you're supposed to do. All right. Well, the interpretation of this scripture is just that the woman is supposed to be the epitome, the picture of what submission is. That doesn't mean that the man isn't supposed to submit to his wife. That doesn't mean the child, children aren't supposed to submit to mom and dad. Or even that the child or the, the husband is supposed to submit to his kids. It's just that the woman is supposed to be the example of what that is. Then it jumps down and it talks about the husband that you're supposed to love your wives. Men, you are supposed to be the epitome of love in your family. That when things go wrong, love should come first. Not your love. Christ's love. Amen? But that doesn't mean the wife isn't supposed to love. That doesn't mean that the children aren't supposed to love. It just means that the, 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 the male, the, the husband, the man of the household is supposed to be the picture of what that is. And then we jump down to the children. It says, obey your parents so that you will have long life. Huh. Yeah, when my dad was lighting me up. When I was young, spanking me, <laughs> I didn't think my life was going to be very long after that that time. Sitting on my bed, <laughs> I can't even breathe. <laughs> but it's just, it's it's loving correction, all right? I, I so appreciate my parents correcting me because, number one, they love me. But what what children are supposed to be, what Avery is saying is that when he saw his dad be the epitome of love, it caused him to want to obey. It caused him to want to step into obedience. Children, you're supposed to be the epitome of obedience. Amen? All of that is the glory of Christ. All of that is what is given in this son, in this child. That's what it causes us to to function in. That's what I'm trying to get across to you guys. That is, this isn't just observance of a day. This is a functioning, this is a lifestyle, this is a relationship. It goes beyond just the presence and the lights. And we all know that, okay. But let's take it a step further. When you step into the proper working of who you are, you then become, you then begin to function in a way that requires grace. Now what's the definition of grace? It's doing something, the Lord allowing you to do something that you can't do on your own. So he not only gave us a child, he gave us a son, and in that he gave us grace. He gave us the ability to love in a way that we cannot love on our own. He gave us the ability to submit in a way that obviously we can't do on our own. He gave us the ability to be obedient in a way that we can't on our own. Are you guys trucking with me on that? Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we see in the rest of this verse, we're just going to touch on this stuff. We're not going to get too deep into it, but it says, and the government will rest on his shoulders. That's kind of what I just got done reading here is that there's, there's a proper working. There's a government that the Lord has set up and, and, and that comes through him and by him. Now, what I want to do right now, 
we do have time. We're gonna have one more person. Now, now is it just is it just Trent? Okay, um, Trent, why don't you come up here, brother? Um, Trent is a safety for Colorado State University. Um, yeah, we can round applause for that. You know? <laughs> Knocking people's heads off. All right. Um, but Trent is a part of a, a different family. Um, and it's the CSU family. Um, and this, this family is very important to me. I don't know why I'm getting all misty about this right now. Um, but it's a, it's a family that, it's a place that where I came from in my experience at CSU wasn't really the greatest, but it prepared me for what I'm doing right now. Um, Trent's a senior. He's about to graduate. And I've had the wonderful pleasure of, and he doesn't know this, but just watching him through his career and seeing how he has influenced people on the football team. And that more is what I remember about my time at CSU than what coaches did, the pain, all that stuff. That stuff doesn't really register. But what I miss is the family. What I miss is the craziness in the locker room. What I miss is the plane rides. Um and all that stuff. So uh, that's the that's the family that this man is a part of. Um, he's also a part of this family. He has his own family, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, you're you're very important to what we're doing. I just want to let you know that um, people see you, they watch you, um, even if they don't tell you that. <laughs> but uh, if you could just give us a little snapshot of of what the Lord has done in your life, maybe through your career up until now, how He's grown you. Um, and just the significance of what this family has has meant to you. Cool. Good morning, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one right here. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Pastor Alex is right, man. I for one, I, one thing I want to say is um, I'm blessed to be here. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, I won't be here too long. I just want to tell you guys that I really appreciate this church. One, because I got here when I was a freshman, I was lost. I didn't know who I was. I, I was coming to a different state, you know, and it was different. And, uh, coming here, just coming here on Sundays and meeting up with Pastor Square with the football team and just my journey in life is created more than just playing football for me. Um, um, even meeting up with Beck, it's, it's been, it's been a, a a whirlwind, but one thing that a scripture that Pastor Square said, um, in one of our devotions that it's in the book of Philippians that no dear brothers, I'm, I'm still not, still not all that I should be, but I'm bringing my energy to bear on this one thing. And as I look at that scripture, that one thing is just knowing Jesus Christ and, I think that's one big one big thing that I've 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 gained coming to this church and uh, just recently um, my last game I tore my ACL and that that hit me hard because I love football and uh, I I think I have a good career, uh, good shot to go into the next level but um, God don't make mistakes and I know I know knowing Him for 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 a long time that he doesn't make mistakes and one thing people say are you all right I'm sad for you the the crazy thing about that this church has taught me that y'all have the gift of joy and I I know sometimes 
other people in this church, they come up here and say their testimonies. But at the end of the day, y'all smiling. And I've, I've, I've watched that just come being a freshman to now that even though, you know, hey, I have certain circumstances in your life, y'all still give it up to God and y'all still happy. So, I mean, this ACL is just a little thing to me, you know, and I've learned that, uh, um, I'm going to be joyous and I'm going I'm to thank God to just be alive, you know. And um, one thing that hit me, a wise man told me was when when something starts to, to break or something starts to die in your life, that's when you really start to live. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm happy and I'm I'm preaching of, of this church because I learned a lot and I'm, I'm going to give it all back. And um, I, I really came up here to just... Be come from come from the heart, and I, I appreciate everybody in this church. And just pray for me as I go through this surgery. I know God 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 has a plan for me, and um, that's that's all I got to say. Thank you. Well, same thing. If you could just extend your uh, your hand out to. To Trent, let's pray for him right quick. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this man and just the testimony that he has. Is uh, he's he's got a, a platform in this this city that only a few have, and he's done well with it, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you that um, you've affected this man's life to the point where all he wants to do is put you at the forefront. Um, and with this ACL, Heavenly Father, there's there's a name that you've put on this church. It's called Eosis, and that name means healing. And Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would heal that knee. Lord, everybody in this room comes in agreement saying that when he gets up and he walks out of here, Heavenly Father, that's something that can happen. And Lord, we speak that out in Jesus' name. That when he goes back to get a MRI or whatever it is and they, they, they bring the picture back of that, of that knee, that there's something that went on in there. And it's going to be a testimony to you. That nobody else could have done that. Nothing else could have caused that but the working of the Holy Spirit, the healing power of the Holy Spirit. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. We pray that you bless this man and that you would continue to hold him in your hands. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Ooh, we. See, we about to have a healing service this morning. Saying everybody just want to come up. Let's, anybody want to jump into it? We can jump into it. <laughs> Here we go. But with those two testimonies, ladies and gentlemen, um, I hope you can hear the reality of the driving force behind everything. And it's not that you guys don't know this, okay? It's not that the Lord hasn't done anything in your life and this is the first time that you're hearing about somebody that that it has. It's not that. During the Christmas season, what is it about? Are, Are we taking time to slow down and say, you know what, Lord... It's not even about the nativity scene. It's not about the wise men and the, um, the shepherds and all that stuff. It's, a, it's about the encounter that we have with Jesus Christ every single day. Amen. And that is something that I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you guys to step into and, and have more of a, an understanding of as you step into this Christmas season. But to take that, Beyond the Christmas season. We just want to go deep. There was a word that was that was spoken um, while we were praying as men at 830 in this room over here. And it came from my brother-in-law who's on the drums, Jeff. And he just said, the Lord wants to take his people to a deeper level of understanding 
what his love is in your life. Now, let me say this. That's scary. (laughs) That is scary because what does that do? It causes you to have to let go of your stuff. It causes you to have to cut ties with not saying people, but things that we have exalted above the throne of Christ in our life. It causes you to, to, to let the Lord shake you. And the only thing that remains after he shakes you is that which he has established. But that love, ladies and gentlemen, it's given through a son. And that son brings this grace that allows us to understand that we cannot do this on our own. You cannot get through this Christmas season on your own. You just can't. You can't go to work on your own. You can't lead your family, men in this room, on your own. Your future family, men who are not married, on your own. It's this grace that allows us to do something that we cannot do. And so as we as we kind of look at the rest of Isaiah 9, 6... It just gives us a snapshot of the glory of who this who this child is. That it, it goes beyond just talking about him as a child, and it it gives us more of his character, more of his operation, more of his functioning. And it says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Why? Because he's fully God and he's fully man, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and that last one. That last one is huge for me. And he says, Prince of Peace. I don't, I don't know if it was two weeks ago or three when I was preaching about out of Haggai when he said he wants to give this place peace. He doesn't want to give you a state of mind. He wants to change your mind and give you the right perspective. Okay. Let's get that straight. But when it comes to peace, what he wants to do because he says he is the Prince of Peace. He wants to give you himself. Why? Because peace is a person. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men, all those, all that stuff. Great Christmas songs. He wants to give you himself. He wants to give you his character. He wants to make sure that he is the mighty God in your life. That you see him as the wonderful counselor in your life. That when your marriage is kind of, mm, or your relationship is kind of, hey, He's the wonderful counselor. Go back to the word. Get on your knees. And he's the one who's going to figure it out for you. Amen. But he wants to give you himself. Let's concentrate on that this morning. Because we saw in these testimonies that when it changed from this is how I think it's supposed to be done. To not even saying here's how God wants it done. It was just complete submission in that moment. And that was it. God's not asking you to figure out one, two, three, four, five. He's just saying, let me be number one, submit, stop, I'll take care of the rest. Amen? Good stuff. Um, so let me have the, uh, the worship team come back up here. Uh, and, uh, let's get prepared for our offering. Do we have that? This morning, ladies and gentlemen, um, I mean, did you, did you, was that, was that good to hear those testimonies? Was that good to hear what's going on with people who are sitting right next to you? Uh, we want to make sure that we honor the family, but honor who this baby is and the fact that <laughs> me as a grown man, 
I can't do it, but this little baby could. That blows me away. And then the next part of it, he says a son was given. That's the proper working. That's the functioning. Let's step into the functioning of who Christ is in our life this Christmas season. More so, you guys can come forward, more so than all of the the decorations, the lights, the trying to get things prepared. Just slow down. Just slow down. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we thank you for this offering, Lord. We thank you that we use this to, to glorify you. Um, and Lord, you tell us in your word that money is the only place that you want us to test you in. Lord, you, you come out of Malachi when you say that. And Lord, I, I, I just pray that whatever goes into this basket, Lord, it can return to you. We can bless you so, so that you can bless us with it. And we can bless you right back in return. So Heavenly Father, bless the offering. Um, I pray that whatever's in us to give, we give according to what you say. In Jesus' name. You can go ahead and pass that. But you know, I just... Hmm. Praying for Trent's knee when it comes to healing. You know, maybe the Christmas season is hard. For some of you guys because of family stuff. I don't know. Maybe there's something that the Lord wants to return to its proper working in you today. And the thing about the Christmas season I love is just that there's this there's this atmosphere of wanting to connect with your family again. There's this atmosphere of love, of giving. I'll tell you what, that's created by Jesus. We can call it what it is, but it's created by him. So in praying for this is man's knee. I just, I kind of want to extend to you guys a time of emotional healing if the Lord wants to do that in you this morning. So as, as I'm, I'm going to pray and these, these guys are going to sing, but just take a moment to slow down and just tell the Lord, look, I love you. Thank you for what you did. <laughs> Thank you for coming to this earth and what that's going to do. It's going to reconcile you back to Christ. Because that's what peace does. He is peace. If there's anything that you need to reconcile with the Lord today, now is your time. And I'm going to open up that altar. If you need to go up there and, and receive prayer, I'll be up there for you. But let's go ahead and just stand to our feet this morning. Let's close this service. Let's sing this. And if there's something in you that you need prayer for or healing in, let's just, let's not miss that this morning. Come on, Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the fact that a child was born. And in that child being born, Heavenly Father, you gave us a son. You, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty God, the Wonderful Counselor. And because you are those things, Heavenly Father, you give us access to those. That on a daily basis, every second of the day, we can step in to those names, to who you are. And Lord, we don't, we don't necessarily need a, a specific time in the season to slow down and glorify you. But Lord, that's what we do in this time. We slow down. And we glorify you as God in our lives. And so, Lord, as we as we venture from this place and we uh, we we go and do our various things for the the season, Lord, we don't we don't ever want to lose sight of what you have done for us. We want to move off of the things that people have done to us and concentrate on what you have done for us. We love you, Heavenly Father. We thank you. We need you as we go from this place. It's because of you that we are who we are we love you and we thank you and in jesus name everybody said amen you're free to go okay 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 hold up julia one second Julia, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second, hold on one second. So, you guys know that we get words from people here and there. Um, and I have, I have Heidi Rux in front of me right now. She, uh, Lord's done some, some amazing things in this woman's life and she just feels as though she has something that she needs to share with you guys. And so, I'm gonna let her do that right now before we close. Um, so, Heavenly, real quick, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for her coming up here, and I just pray for strength. I pray for courage. I pray that what you speak through her, Heavenly Father, is exactly what you want to say. So be with this woman as she shares in Jesus' name. Um, I actually learned so much from this man right here. God has been working in my, I don't know. Sorry, I got really emotional. God has been working in my heart for a long time, and... I finally decided to take a discipleship training class that was led by Alex, and I really felt like God was calling me to do this, and every time he would mention it in church, I'd put my head down, and I didn't want him to make eye contact, especially Johnny. Don't make eye contact with me. Don't look at me. I'm not about to be a disciple, and I I was in the, um, I just, I'm hoping that you can help put the words. I'm not good with words, but God taught me how to love, and I wanted, um, I have my children and my husband, and there was a verse that we went over, and it said, tell them the one about hate, <laughs> to hate. Yeah, um, basically, yeah, you're fine. Um, it's John 14, Luke? Luke, no, no, no. No, you're, you're yeah, John fourteen twenty six. that's what it is. And basically what it says is if you want to be a follower of me, you have to hate your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, your children. Yes, you even, even your own life if you want to come after me. And that was a tough one. Yeah. That was a super, super tough one for you. Now, do you want to explain how that hit you? So 
how that hit me was I was like, you know what? I'm taking a lot from this discipleship class. But that verse, that one I'm not going to apply to me. Because I, I can hate my mom and dad. Sorry, mom and dad, I love you. I can hate you. I can hate my brother and sister. I can, baby, I love you. I can hate my husband. But I can't hate my children. And I don't think that God, I would just kind of put it aside. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But what when we really broke that verse down, it was not that I'm going to hate them, but that I would love the Lord so much that that love for them would look like hate compared to what I love for the Lord. And when I started praying about that, God started convicting me. And um, he showed me how to love my husband, my children, with the kind of love that is from him and only from him. And my whole life, I have been guilty of loving people from what I thought was love, but not the love from Christ. And so I just wanted to share that with you because it has made a huge difference in our family. Um, I have a new burning love for my husband, not that y'all want to know, but a new burning love for my husband that I've never had before. And it's not a love that I'm capable of. It's a love that he gave me for my husband and for my children. So. And Mrs. Mrs. Rux, good job. Good job. I know that was probably tough, but hey, you knocked it out of the park. Um, so as we did for everyone else, let's pray for her and her family. And I'm going to pray for every family in this room as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for your proper working coming alive in this family, coming alive in the Rux family, Heavenly Father. Um, and, and Lord, thank you for the obedience. There's a picture of obedience that we just saw right there. Stepping into what it is that you're asking this family to do, this woman to do, Lord, and it's permeating to her kids, to her husband, to her parents. Lord, I pray that you would continue to cultivate that and grow it, fan the flame, Heavenly Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we know the only thing that can make that grow is you. It's your word, because your word is a living organism, Heavenly Father. It's not only to be observed, but it's to be lived out, and here's a picture of it. As for every other family in this room, God, we pray for the proper working to take place. Uh, for the for the men to take their place, for the women to take their place, and the children to take their place, because Lord, we live in a society that the institution of the family is being attacked every single day, and Lord, you're causing us to not be quiet anymore. You're causing the church to stand up and say something about it, and we're saying something about it by stepping in to the proper working of of what it's supposed to look like. So, Heavenly Father, bless the Rux family. Bless every family that's in here. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.